Throughout history, some people go out there, speak, share their point of view, and are not really listened to because they are not considered to be part of the quote-unquote authority or establishment to share their news in specific areas. Here is a story that I picked out of The Guardian by the journalist Leo Hickman, who published this in 2013. And it's about a gentleman who predicted the rise of climate change. And he did so as early as 1938. 1938, the world had different concerns. However, he picked up on this trend. And obviously, he was not listened to or not paid much attention to until decades later. Here is the article on a gentleman called Guy Callender. Title of it, and it's in The Guardian, authored by Leo Hickman. How the burning of fossil fuels was linked to a warming world in 1938. This month, that would have been April, marks the 75th anniversary of Guy Callender's landmark scientific paper on anthropogenic climate change. So, 2013, 75th, we're way over the 80th uh, birthday here. So, anthropogenic climate change, climate change created by humans. Here is the article. 75 years ago this month, an amateur weather watcher from West Sussex published a landmark paper in the quarterly journal of the Royal Meteorological Society directly linking the burning of fossil fuels to the warming of the Earth's atmosphere. Guy Callender was a successful steam engineer by trade, but in his spare time he was a keen meteorologist. In April 1938, his paper the artificial production of carbon dioxide and its influence on temperature, which built on the earlier work of John Tyndall and Svante Arrhenius, was published with little fanfare or impact. It was only in the preceding decades that the true significance of his conclusions would be heralded. To mark the anniversary, two modern-day climatologists have published a co-authored paper in the same journal celebrating not just his legacy, but also illustrating with modern techniques and data just how accurate Calendar's calculations proved to be. Dr. Ed Hawkins of the University of Reading's National Center for Atmospheric Science, who co-authored the paper with Professor Phil Jones at the University of East Anglia, describes why Calendar is so significant to the development of climate science. I quote, In hindsight, Calendar's contribution was fundamental. He is still relatively unknown, but in terms of history of climate science, his paper is a classic. He was the first scientist to discover that the planet had warmed by collecting temperature measurements from around the globe and suggested that this warming was partly related to man-made carbon dioxide emissions. People were skeptical about some of Calendar's results, partly because the build-up of, build of CO2 in the atmosphere was not very well known and because his estimates for the warming caused by CO2 were quite simplistic by modern standards. It was only in the 1950s when improved instruments showed more precisely how water and CO2 
absorbed radiation, that we reached a better understanding of its importance. Scientists at the time also couldn't really believe that humans could impact such a large system as the climate, a problem that climate science still encounters from some people today, despite the compelling evidence to the contrary. Hawkins has also written a blog post about his new calendar paper, which delves deeper into why calendar's findings were not immediately acted upon or even discussed until decades later. Doubts in the role of CO2 remained, partly because the world did not warm for further. In fact, land temperatures fell slightly until around 1975 before the warming resumed. This temperature plateau is very likely due to increased levels of particulates, or aerosols, in the atmosphere reflecting solar radiation back into space. Ironically, these aerosols are also the product of fossil fuel burning and strict regulations were imposed in the developed world on their emissions in the 1960s and 70s, which, allows the warming, which allowed the warming from carbon dioxide to emerge again. Aerosol emissions from the developing world may also have played a role in the temperature plateau since around 2000. Here is the illustration produced by Hawkins and Jones to show how Calendar's findings, published in 1938 and updated in 1961, match a modern-day temperature reconstruction of global land temperatures for the period 1850-2010. So what we have is an illustration of two graphs and how they match with a great level of accuracy. That's the illustration. Um, the article goes on. Calendar's original paper can be read in full online. Of particular interest beyond his workings, of course, is the peer review discussion at the end between various professors and Calendar. You really get the sense that Calendar was viewed as a naive amateur in this field, which possibly contributed to why his conclusions weren't fully absorbed until the 1960s. Earlier today, Hawkins tweeted part of Colander's hand-drawn graph showing land temperatures rising against the mean during the period 1880 to 1935 set against the CO2 effect. However, Calendar's concluding remarks in his paper are, perhaps, still the best remembered today. I quote, it may be said that the combustion of fossil fuel, whether it be peat from the surface of or oil from 10,000 feet below, is likely to prove beneficial to mankind in several ways, besides the provision of heat and power. For instance, the above-mentioned small increases of mean temperature would be important at the northern margin of cultivation, and the growth of favorably situated plants is directly proportional to the carbon dioxide pressure. In any case, the return of the deadly glaciers should be delayed indefinitely. It would be a few years yet before scientists began to discuss the variety of negative effects resulting from a warming world. And that was the article. So isn't it ironic? Uh, at that time, they were worried that the glaciers would suddenly start freezing the rest of the planet. Today, we're worried about those glaciers disappearing and all the consequences um, following such a, such a disappearance. It's a fascinating planet we're on, and there's some fascinating people out there. A lot of them are not taken seriously until later on. Others were lucky, like uh, 
uh, a few names such as Attenborough and so forth, where we get to to share the message and uh, we get a chance to exchange a lot more thanks to such technology as I'm using right now. Thank you very much for listening. This was an article on a gentleman called Guy Callender, and it was uh, borrowed from the Guardian newspaper. And um, hopefully it will instigate some curiosity and you can go and probably read his own works, which are also online. Thank you very much for listening.